Hi, and welcome to the 10th and final article in our Practical Discipleship series. In the previous nine articles, we explored four key aspects of our calling to discipleship. Our calling to a relationship with God, our calling to transformation, our calling to ministry, and our calling to mission. And we looked at eight practices that help us to live out our discipleship in each of these areas. In this final article, we're going to bring all of these together. We're also going to look at what it means for living for the long haul, a lifetime of following Jesus. Following Jesus is described in the Bible as a race, but the race we're running is a marathon, not a sprint. How can we not just start well, but finish well? And how can we not just survive, but keep growing as Jesus' disciples? Let's start then by looking back to what we've covered and trying to bring it all together. During the previous nine articles, we explored what it means to follow Jesus. We looked at a framework that helps us to identify the key aspects of discipleship and some simple steps to help us to grow in each of these areas. First, as Christians, we have a purpose that overrides everything that we do and gives our life purpose and direction. That purpose is our calling to follow Jesus to a life of discipleship. Second, that calling is first and foremost about a relationship. We've been invited into a relationship with the creator of the universe. Our creator God is bigger than we can imagine, but he loves each one of us with a delight and pleasure that we struggle to take in. Our relationship with God involves not just our heads, but our hearts. God wants us to know and experience his love and goodness and grace and all that he is. And we looked at two foundational practices that help us to grow in our relationship with God, engaging with the Bible and engaging in prayer. Third, out of that relationship with God springs change and growth. We are called to be transformed, to grow in spiritual maturity, to be like Christ. Change is God's work through the Holy Spirit, but it is also our work. Transformation happens as we grow in our relationship with God through the practices of engaging with the Bible and engaging in prayer. But it also happens in other ways, including the two key practices that we explored of meeting in a large group and meeting in a small group, including one-to-one. Fourth, we're called to ministry. Ministry is an overflow of the love we experience in our relationship with God. In fact, we're not just called to ministry as part of our lives, but to full-time, whole-of-life ministry. Discovering and living out our specific calling to ministry, both outside the church and inside the church, can bring an even deeper sense of meaning and purpose to the way that we live. And fifth, we're called to mission. That means we are all called to be missionaries. Our mission is to take the gospel, the good news, to the world. That is much more than just telling people what the good news is. It is living it out by who we are and by what we do. And finally, our mission is not just to see people become believers, but to be part of encouraging, supporting and equipping our brothers and sisters to grow as they follow Jesus. We are called to be disciple makers. So that brings together what we've explored over the previous nine articles. But what about living faithfully, being disciples and making disciples over the long term? We're not promised that life as Jesus' disciple is easy. 
and it is not a short-term project, but a lifetime journey. How do we do that well and experience the contentment and joy that God promises, not just at the beginning of following Jesus, but over the long haul? As we finish off, we'll look at five key things that can help us to do that. The first is having a clear sense of God's purpose and calling and being grabbed by it. If we're to keep on going, to persevere when times are tough, we need to be absolutely sure of where we're going. The Apostle Paul was crystal clear about his mission in life, and he was passionate about it. As he says in Philippians 3, 13-14, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And the mission is not just about a task, it's about a person. As we read in Hebrews 12, 1-2, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We are following Jesus, the one who loves us and has gone before us. He invites us to get to know him. And we have the Bible and prayer as two of the key ways that we can do that keeping those as regular habits and finding ways to keep them fresh and alive can mean a lifetime of growing deeper in our relationship with Jesus. Second is being battle-ready. The Bible clearly warns us that we are in a spiritual battle. That may sound scary, but there's no need for fear. Even though we're in a battle, we're on the winning side. We have been given armour, equipment for the battle, and we follow a commander who is not just powerful, but loves us dearly. But it means that following Jesus requires us not only to be athletes, but to be soldiers. That requires us to be disciplined, to be courageous, to hold fast when things are tough. That means having an absolute trust in our commander and putting on the armour that we've been given. Again, the armour includes the Bible and prayer. As we engage with the Bible and engage in prayer, that will protect us in the battle. And as we do that and grow close to Jesus, we can take hold of the armour of faith and trust that comes from knowing him. And we can be encouraged that we don't fight in our own strength, but the power of the Holy Spirit. That means that the battle is not something we need to fear or dread. In fact, God can use it for our good. Trials and obstacles are part of the means that God uses to deepen and grow in our relationship with Jesus. Hardship and suffering are unavoidable. But if our hunger to follow Jesus is stronger than our hunger to be comfortable, then we can face hardship and trials with determination and contentment. We can know that God is with us and working through whatever we are facing to make us more like Christ. Our calling to transformation often happens most in the midst of battle. Third, we're not alone. We're part of a community who will care for us, support us and encourage us. Running a race and fighting a battle are much harder when we try to do it alone. Having people around us who have the same commitment, the same vision, the same hunger and who can pick us up when we fall are precious in following Jesus and staying strong over the long haul. And our community is not just the people we have around us. It stretches around the world and it stretches back in time. Through books, sermons, videos, podcasts, 
we can be encouraged and supported by wonderful Christian brothers and sisters who have gone before us and who live on the other side of the world. They also can be hugely important in strengthening and deepening our faith and keeping us strong. Keep meeting with those who encourage you. Know who they are. Some you may know personally. Some may be speakers or pastors or authors. Listen to their talks. Read their books. Make space for people who feed your heart and encourage you to stay strong. Fourth is making sure that we take time to rest well. God invites us to share in his rest. He calls us to be still and know that I am God. It is to recognize that we are not the ones who are in charge of the universe. To relax and let go of the need to control and make things happen. Our ministry and our mission are not dependent on us. We are not fighting this battle alone in our own power. We have someone who is willing to take the load for us. There may be times where we need to be honest and ask, is my lifestyle sustainable? What is going to be the impact on me, my ministry and the people I love if I continue at this pace? It can sometimes feel selfish to take time off when there are so many needs around us, but adequate rest ensures that we minister well and that we minister well for the long term. In the midst of an incredibly busy ministry, the Son of God took time out. If it was important for Jesus, it's important for us. So take time to be still, to enjoy God's presence. Time to rest, time to be restored. Know what feeds your spirit and make space for it in your life. Make it a regular part of your week and even a regular part of your life. And if we can, a longer season of rest can be enormously helpful, enabling us to minister well over the long haul. Fifth is having an attitude of contentment, gratitude and joy. Paul urged the Colossians to overflow with thankfulness and continually encouraged the Philippians to rejoice. Yes, we're running a marathon and yes, we're in a battle, but that should not mean a life of harsh and grim-faced determination. Following Jesus well over the long haul also means times of celebration and thankfulness and joy. Part of that comes from naturally recognizing what we've been given by grace but celebration and gratitude and joy can also be nurtured through practice. Make it a practice to consciously reflect and give thanks to God for the good things he has given us each day, and make it a practice to celebrate with others the good things that happen in life. They can be special times of acknowledging and celebrating the goodness and grace of God. So that's what we've covered in this series of articles, and they are some ways that can help us not just to start well, but to finish well. Where to from here? Let me suggest a couple of things. The first is to keep track of how you're going with the practices. Many people find that it helps to keep up a practice by recording and reviewing what they're planning to do. There's a template that you can download from the Practical Discipleship website that's a simple way of recording what you are doing in each of the eight areas of practice. If you haven't done so already, it may be helpful to make a copy for yourself in whatever format you like and write down what you're doing or plan to do in each of these eight practice areas. Take some time to reflect on what you'd like to do, remembering to keep it realistic and write it down. Then, as part of staying strong for the long haul, it may be helpful to come back to this each year and reflect on how you're going in each of those areas. 
Think about whether the practices you put down are doing what they're meant to do and whether it suits your current circumstances. And then make any changes that you feel would be helpful in keeping your relationship with God vital, to be growing and deepening in your faith, and to be engaging in ministry and mission in a way that makes best use of your gifts, resources, skills and capacity right now. The second thing is to keep meeting with someone who shares your desire to keep growing as a disciple. Find someone you're comfortable with, someone you can be honest with, and someone who will not just support and encourage you, but challenge you when needed. Having a companion like this is a wonderful gift. It is a relationship to be treasured. Pray and look out for someone you think can do this with you. Finally, as we said right at the beginning, Remember that this is all about following Jesus. It is about digging down and tapping into the vast underground reservoir that is the living water that Jesus offers. Don't get lost in the practice or the method, but always come back to the fact that it is all about him. Everything else is a means. He is the end.